that's better. There you go. We're recording. We're going. All right, we're back with another one. This time, joined by Mick Williams. Most of you probably know him better by his bike, the Trinity. That's it. Is yeah. it the V1 or? Uh, this is V4 now. V4. V4001. So it's the first version of version four, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You might, maybe if you scooch oh, in yeah. slightly closer, we might get to hear you a bit better. Sorry, yeah, sitting so, too far away. So it's V4001. Yeah. And you've just released it for pre-sale. One of, yep. is it 25 that you got available? Yep. Yep. Sick. Well, yeah, made to order. So there's 25 like build slots. Yeah, and yeah, you can get one of the first twenty-five, and we'll we'll build it custom for you. So epic. Well, we'll get into that, but I will we'll go way back. I'm terrible at going off on tangents. Yeah, tangents. no, it's all good. Same. Um, but let's go. Let's just go right back to the start because this is like pretty exciting and new. But what started Mick Williams in down the downhill or mountain bike oh, world? Dude. Were you uh, have you been a mountain biker for a while, or was it engineering first and then the mountain biking <clears throat> caught it? Um, it's a bit of a funny story, like. Yeah, it's, it's been like a whirlwind few years, I guess, but then, I don't know, kind of not at the same time. Like, I've always just been a bike rider, so I grew up racing BMX and then just raced BMX and took that relatively serious. Um, so, yeah, moved over to America in 2016 to race BMX. Oh, and yeah. Did that as like, not as a professional, like I never got paid to race BMX, so it's not that fast, but... Um, it kind of worked out well because yeah, I studied engineering at uni. Yeah. Um, and our um, we got a well, the uni that I studied at back home. They had a sister school in Florida. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity came up to do exchange. So I wasn't losing out if I went over there. So did that, and just the way that the semesters worked out and whatever meant that I had like a whole bunch of free time because their summer break is our winter break type thing. Yeah. <clears throat> So I was over there for, um, yeah, quite a while, dare I say, not studying much and just yeah, <laughs> just spending racing. all my money going racing. Um, but yeah, like raced an elite level, um, like did a couple of World Cups and that type of stuff in so, BMX. Because what part of Aussie are you from? Is it the BMX scene pretty huge over there as well? Or? It's not too bad. Yeah, I'm from, uh, well, I grew up in a place called Warnable, which is like four hours from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to uni in place called Geelong which is only like an hour from Melbourne um Melbourne's got like well Victoria the state has got like a relatively good BMX scene like Queensland is like where it's at yeah that's really strong so a lot of guys that are like real quick move up to Queensland and and do it I think it's just the climate to be honest with you yeah um so how young were you when you started BMX were you because they've got way younger filtering system well not filtering system (laughs) but like racing then like mountain biking because we started what like under it's kind of changing now, but it used to be like under 14 or under 15. So you were like 13, 14. Yeah. Like yeah. When you can start. No, my race. first race, I was four. Like I was yeah. on training wheels, like super young. Um, and I don't know. I think growing up, like in a small country town, I never, like I raced BMX, but I didn't necessarily see myself as a BMX racer. I just liked riding bikes. Yeah. Um, like we grew up on a farm, so riding motos and all that type of stuff as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. A bike rider i guess yeah um but and then you were straight like racing and yeah so like we had like we had a pretty good like a pretty strong park scene at home actually like a lot of the good riders at home like if i were to think of good bmx riders they were park riders yeah um i did a bit of that but i was never i was never that good at it but um 
yeah, like love doing dirt jumps and park and all yeah. that. But my thing, like to compete, was racing. Yeah, going fast. Yeah, it was a bit like me. I think as much as I've always liked to try and dabble in tricks growing yeah. up and things, or you do like a one hander suicide, then yeah, you know, maybe even a backflip, <clears throat> and yep. then. But yeah, I was never comfortable doing that. Whereas like going fast mm. was always like felt For a sure. lot more natural. In the, For sure. The same. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I just enjoyed, enjoyed going fast. It was good. I was probably better at it too. Like, just, well, yeah, I know. Like, I just, I wasn't that good at, like, some of my mates had like, yeah, three sixty spines and shit, and I was like, <laughs> I just ended up hurting myself too much trying that. So I just enjoyed, mm. enjoyed racing more. But, um, yeah, like race junior elite. And then, like, went off to uni. Like, I wasn't fast enough at that time to go into, like, elite and have a good crack at it. Yeah. Like, I was, like, mid-pack junior elite, I guess. Um, went to uni and then um, did a couple of world champs while I was at uni, actually, but just, like, age class, not elite. Yeah. So, how many people get selected for world champs in BMX? Uh, it depends whether the world champs is in your country or whether it's out of your country that year. It's a little bit different to downhill. I think, if my memory serves me right, within age class, um, so like BMX, say, at that time, I was 17 to 24. Yeah. Um, and you had to... It was either top eight or top 16. I can't remember which one. But if you got top eight or top 16 in a national ranking of the same year, you could put forward, like... Um, like your like application a, to... You could put forward an application, <laughs> yeah, and they'd either select you or not. Um, so I did that for two years just as a um, like an age class guy. Yeah, so you weren't messing around. Yeah. No, not, not messing around. Um, and then the following year, uh, yeah, I raced elite. Like I felt fast enough to race elite. Never had any like great success or whatever, like kind of mid-pack guy. Um, but yeah, that well, that next year I was in America, and America was sick because America's kind of like their, um, for lack of a better term, like their professional racing. Yeah, runs so deep. Like um, that's like, what I was going to ask. Like the <clears throat> going back to when I was asking about the scene in Australia, then jumping yeah. to America where everything's bigger and better and more crazy yeah, than yeah, anywhere yeah. else. How was that? Oh, for your that's competition and, and it's yeah your riding itself it's insane like i remember getting blown away because i yeah i was living in florida to study and then the first big race that i went to was uh it was the gator nationals it's called so it's an old mar gator nationals because nationals, they've got gators all oh gator gator yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um like alligator but um yeah they had um well it was when i was there they just built a brand new supercross track, so like Olympic spec track, eight meter hill, all that yeah. shit. They just crocodiles in between the doubles. Yeah, yeah, no, no shit. There's like there was ponds around the track, and one in particular was like right next to the car park, and there was a gator that just no shit full time just lived there. Like Hubs Gilmore, was he like one eye? Oh, dude, like, yeah. can I get your hundred <laughs> percent? Yeah, yeah. No, it was wild. Like that was one of the best times of my life, I guess, because I was young and dumb and whatever but um and you went to the u.s by yourself as well yeah sick. yeah it was sick yeah. yeah 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 just um yeah no it, it was good um uh yeah i remember that that was like the first big u.s race that i'd ever been to like there were uci points there that type of stuff so it yeah. was 
they were like those big races that was a like a north american supercross so it was kind of ran in conjunction with the uci supercross series so i guess you could say it was like the equivalent of like how the norbers used to be in mm-hmm. america yeah uh, for mountain biking um and yeah i remember walking through the like the paddock that night like the pit paddock and it was like you're at like a supercross race like there were trailers and everything i was yeah. like holy the mechanics fuck. tinkering like, away on a bmx yeah, or, yeah yeah it's just nuts well exactly that like i forgot what i i did i buckled a wheel or something like that and um the point being was that there's this big bmx shop um in america like bmx have probably heard of it but it's called dan's comp and dan's comp that year at least they sponsored the north american supercross series and i'd bought like my whole bike was bought from dan's comp and um yeah i remember taking it to them and they fixed it like overnight like they worked all night on this yeah. thing and they never charged me either because they're like it was just part of the service part of the race. Thing. yeah and i was like it just blew my mind because where i grew up in yeah. australia was just not that way at all um so yeah i raced a pro um at a couple of races in america like so yeah for those that don't know so you kind of got double a which is like i guess like the elite class mm-hmm. and then a pro is guys yeah like the tier below i guess you could say yeah it's kind of like kind of like motocross like 450s double a yeah. a pro is like 250s i guess to draw some type of comparison yeah um it's kind of like a, a feeder into the yeah, yeah, and A and AA is kind of good because, like, if you want to look at, like, UCI rules, you've got junior elites, and then, of course, there are juniors who are super, super fast that can go straight to elite at, as, like, an 18-year-old. Yeah, you look at, yeah, like, do well. Jackson and Jordan Williams last season, they were, yeah. just, they were faster than the elite, man. Like, know? I wasn't that fast as a BMXer. Like, I needed that A pro. Mm. I mean, A pro, in Australia at least, you can go to when you're 14 or 15. So I'd been racing A Pro in Australia since I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just raced A in America and then did a couple of double A's like once I started to get quicker and that type of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, ended up racing Elite that year. But it was kind of funny, like, um, I, like I love BMX, but I like that. I think I'd seen everything that I was ever going to see in BMX. Um, because yeah, it was kind of funny at the end of that trip. I went up to Big Bear in California to ride mountain bikes like with Barry Nobles and that. Mm. Like they were going up there like, yeah, come along. And like that was the first time I'd ever ridden a chairlift bike park. Oh, really? I'd never ridden a downhill bike. So that was the very, uh, yeah, like end of 2016. Yeah. And I was just like, I've still got the GoPro footage somewhere on an old laptop. I was like... party wave there? Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And I was like, just out of my mind, (laughs) excited. I was like, holy fuck, like this sport actually exists it was kind of like a culmination of everything that i loved about riding bikes but like bmx i guess like um yeah like i raced but i considered myself just more of a bike rider than a racer i just like riding my bike yeah. and yeah i hired a uh what was it a session eight or session 88 or whatever yeah they the were. tracks yeah, Trek yeah session tracks. eight and yeah. i think maybe might have been the 88 by then i think I think the first one was the eight, then I think it went yeah. to the 88. I can't remember exactly. I was just blown away. I was like, holy shit, this is sick. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it could go on forever. But basically, yeah, came home. I had to come home to finish my course. Like I couldn't, that kind of the deal with exchange was like you had to come home to at least one unit. Like you yeah. had to graduate from your home university. So I came back and 
the courses that I had outstanding was my thesis. And what's funny was in, uh, fuck, this is going back again, but like I had enrolled originally in mechanical engineering, did, and, but like you have common first year. Yeah. And at the end of first year of engineering, I ended up getting civil scholarship. So I ended up actually transferring out and doing civil much to my regret. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like I didn't really want to do civil, but like it's gone full circle now though. Yeah. 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 And um, getting the scholarship, like I got my tuition paid yeah. for, so it was kind of a no brainer at the time, but I came home all, all hyped on this trip that I'd just been on and hyped because I'd just been to Big Bear like only a week ago yeah. to do my thesis. And I remember walking in um, to the, like um, to the School of Engineering and I'm like, I'm not doing a, a civil thesis. I want to do like a mechanical thesis. Yeah. <laughs> and it would mean that I would get my honours in mechanical engineering yeah. instead of civil. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of looking at every like each other kind of sideways. They're like, yeah, we've never had like this request before. Yeah. Um, and what the thesis was on was now what people might know as like the center hub, which was which was pretty cool. Um, and then that's kind of how I got into mountain biking because I was like, well, I want to do this project on an idea, but I've ridden mountain bikes like once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you kind of answered like all my questions in one there, which is good because I was going to ask, was it? engineering you did at uni and then yeah. where did you get into mountain biking with yeah and that yeah yeah that that was the first sort of thing i went um yeah i bought my first mountain bike i went over to adelaide to see my brother because i was um, going to say you'd never rode a mountain bike in australia before big bear no either. no my my brother had got into downhill when he was probably like 15 16 um and he had i can't even remember what the model was it was a haro um, but it, it wasn't a dual crown thing. It was like now what you, like a mini free ride rig, I guess. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I was probably in year twelve or almost leaving home. So I was just very into BMX. Like I never really rode it. He had a common style hardtail, yeah. and I had ridden that, but I'd never ridden a downhill bike. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so, something else when you get one on, on yeah. one for a first time. Yeah, yeah, no, no yeah, it's insane. Yeah, just, um, just like because I was never into BMX, but I started riding on a on a BMX because mm. it's kind of what you do as a kid. You have your yep. BMX and and trying to do jumps and then jumping on like a even a like a hardtail with suspension forks. Like how yeah. much more control you have Dude, hitting like sketchy unreal. jumps. Yeah, unreal. and then to go to a downhill bike, you're like can't like i can't lose you kind of feel (laughs) invincible hey yeah but at the same time like yeah there's kind of positives and negatives to it like yeah when i first started downhill like i was just real stiff because i was so used to racing bmx like Mm. and especially the size difference in the bikes as well yeah 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 um i I can't ride a bmx anymore dude i got on my race bike because i've still got a race bike at home that i haven't ridden in a long time but i got it out probably 12 months ago yeah and just couldn't believe that i used to like race those things down an eight meter hill because the front wheel just seems so far underneath you like that so uh, it would have been like 2012 2013 a bmx track opened up quite close to me yeah and they rented bmx's and uh i was like so i was going like once a week and then obviously you 
tell you, mate, you're going to have a race. And we went down the first straight. I think I got to the third roll. I pumped it that hard. And because the head angle's that steep, I yeah. just crossed up, just pumping oh, yeah. the bike, which I'd never yeah. thought was even possible. I hit the deck so hard. I wasn't yeah. jumping, just yeah. pumping a roller. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. crashed the thing because the head angle was that steep. Yeah. What did you feel? Yeah, like what did you feel now you're obviously making geometry for bikes? What was the biggest thing you noticed about the BMX? Was it that front wheel? That you're just like, how did I ever ride with this? Yeah, like in hindsight, time? yeah. At the time, it feels normal, I guess. Um, but I think, I like, I don't know. I There's probably a lot of people thinking that I'm not qualified to design a bike, and it's probably true. But I don't know. But at the end of the day, um, I feel as though, like I said, like I would like to think I'm just a bike rider at heart. Like, yeah. I'm into motos. I'm into BMX. I'm into mountain bikes. I'm just... Just bike rider heart. Did you uh, and once you jumped on your bike, were you like, I'm gonna make my own? Did it, is no, it, do you see no, it no, like that? No, or, it is it not. No, no, no. It's kind of funny how it, and like, um, it might come across as trying to be humble or anything like that, but it's like legit. This is the way I saw it. Like, because I got asked only just before I got bought onto the Trinity thing. Like, it was one of my best mates. It was actually at his wedding. He goes because we were talking about because I just started doing WRP stuff. Yeah. Um, and he goes, oh, would you ever make a frame? And I'm like, no way. Like, that's way too complicated. Like, I got some ideas, but I just never, no, nah, out of my league. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure enough, like, yeah, a couple of months after that, um, the two guys that were, that are also part of Trinity, um, I kind of got bored in the discussion and here we are. Um but, but let's yeah. go back to you getting back to Australia and yeah yeah that, and now we're starting to pick up a bit of momentum with the mountain bike side of things so you finished do your thesis yes yeah, so university finished, go well and you're finished and yeah 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 it went it went good um so I finished that off in yeah it's actually fun so I finished that off in the very end of February 2017 so six years ago almost to the day yeah um and what's super funny was yeah I just I'd made this part um you say it was a center hub yeah the center so hub. so it's like like front free wheel it's some, okay. it's a product i sell at the moment through oh, WRP, yeah. but that was what i did my thesis on yeah um and um so yeah i finished that you almost six years ago to the to the exact date and i had this block between because i had this grad job that i needed to work for what well, the this civil scholarship that I got was through this company <laughs> yeah. and I, I needed to work for them after university. Um, so I had this window between like finishing uni and starting for them. I think it was only like a week and I'm like, fuck this. I'm, I want to do a mountain bike trip. Really didn't know anything about mountain biking at all. And I heard about Queenstown. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'll just go to Queenstown. It's a quick flight from Melbourne. Yeah, it's Which three is hours. that where you flew from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so, easier to get here than to Perth, probably. Well, it's easy to get to here, like from Melbourne to like the nearest, like, oh, I shouldn't say that. There are good mountain biking places closer than that. But like, as far as like the nearest mountain bike park to Melbourne is say Bright, like downhill. Yeah. And that's four hours. So it's like almost legit. To, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, for, I should say from where I live at home, it's almost five. So it's like just as easy to come here. <laughs> so yeah. I came here with this yeah old clapped out Commonsale V3 that I had one of the yeah. green ones yep um, and dude I was like um, 
don't know what the right like a deer in the headlights like I was just overwhelmed I was like holy shit like this is like nothing I'd ever expected yeah um you know I'd been to Big Bear only like a few months before but like here's way better than that mm. um so uh I was yeah I was just blown away like I went for a ride over to Dream Track um and you know when you go from Skyline um like kind of through the creek yeah and the first jump you come across is that fucking huge <laughs> like double at the bottom. It's virtually the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a 20-tonner sitting just before that. And I was just like... I was convinced that no one could jump that. I was like, no, nah, this has got to be some type of I, I had the like, same thoughts. I'm like, I was like, nobody must ride this no. when I came to town. I think, saying that, I think when I came to town, not many people did ride Dream. Yeah. But like, now. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that kind of trips me out sometimes. Like, fast forward a little bit. And like, you know, I've, I've been riding it. For the last couple of years and i'm like that, that just kind of trips me out because like you have these i don't know expectations is the wrong word but yeah. mountain biking's taken me further than i thought bike riding would ever take me because i was yeah i never thought i came down i was like well i'll just rule them out now i'm not gonna that's not me I'm not gonna yeah 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 <laughs> but then you see everyone else and you just uh, i guess yeah kind of get dragged along with the that's why queenstown's good hey like the mm. progression is insane but um, yes, I came here, was here for, um, it wouldn't have even been a week. It would have, yeah, I don't know, a few days, I guess. Um, I actually submitted that thesis in the McDonald's out at Frankton, <laughs> which was kind of funny. It was like four in the morning. I was like, fuck, you got to finish this thing, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, rode the bike park a few days. And, and then I was just like, all I could think about was mountain bikes. Like All I could think about. Mm. Um, and yeah, pretty well 2017, I just worked the whole year, like didn't really ride much. I actually, I raced one or two races at BMX. I was just yeah. worked because basically like to cut a long story short, um, yeah, the company who I got the scholarship through, I had to work for them for three years oh, yeah. and, or pay back the scholarship. And within literally the first week, I was like, there's no there's no way I'm gonna last three years <laughs> because it was back in my hometown where yeah. I grew up. Um, which and not knocking that, but like I, I just had this vision of riding mountain bikes not being located at the town I grew up where that didn't exist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty well worked twelve months. Oh, it would have been less than twelve months. It would have been I don't even know eight nine months straight just saving up every penny I could so I could pay them back. Yeah. Which I did. And then moved to Melbourne at the end of 2017. Um, and then, yeah, right at the end. And then I actually bought my first good mountain bike. So I bought a Canyon Sender. Yeah. Right at the end of 2017. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, started doing some racing early 18. And then it just kind of all kicked off. It was... It was super funny because I came back here at the very start of 18 to do some riding. And it just so happened that like on the same trip, like Oshies was in um, Dunedin. Yep. So I raced Oshies. I and that, I did that one as well. Did you? The yeah. And got wet, wet as far. As my, I can you remember it was probably only about 40 seconds from the finish. There was yeah, that, that hell shoe. slippery shoe yeah. where everyone stood. In seeding, I... Um, Fell off my bike, slid down the whole thing off yeah. my ass. Yeah, yeah. And there was a stump probably as well. Oh, like, yeah, I know the one. Yeah. The size of my fist. And it yeah. just went thunk over one of my ass cheeks. Fuck and my dude. fucking ass <laughs> went like 
one half it went huge and like yeah. massive and like almost immediately and then i was just like fuck i don't know if i want to go up for like yeah. second runs but it carried on raining and it actually yeah. got mint for rations didn't it i remember it being so well, slick for it was probably mint for you because you knew how to ride a bike like yeah, i was yeah. I, like i wasn't that oh, i was oh. kind of quick but i wasn't like I was no like standout mountain biker at that point. Yeah, like, I was Dunedin so fresh. Horrible in the wet. There's and no grip on the rocks. I think, and not to use like I'm from Aussie is an excuse, whatever. But I hadn't ridden mountain bikes much in the wet. Like I wasn't having a good time. Like there's a video of me sliding down that chute. Like, <laughs> dude, I literally like had the bike kind of over my shoulder, kind of, <laughs> and just sliding down it like a slippery dip. Um, but the funny thing was like, I guess fair enough too. But like. I don't know how many it was. Just say like a third, I guess, of like the riders didn't even start. No, like, lots of people like, backed no, out. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, and I guess if you're local, like, why would you? But I was over from Aussie, and I'm like, oh, I'll race it anyway. Like, I didn't really know how systems worked. I guess like because I hadn't been around mountain biking that long. But it was funny because it was Oshies. Yeah. I qualified. Like, I got top twenty, so mm. I got a shitload of points. Yeah. And next thing, I've got like the federation calling me like you've qualified for world cups like do you do you want a jersey type thing and i was like fuck dude like <laughs> fuck um and i'd planned a trip um i'd planned to actually go to america in 2018 anyway um because i had heaps of friends that i studied with and whatever i kind of just wanted to go back and um anyway ended up saying yes so ended up doing Fuck, that's doing. my dream. I would I wish, like, yeah, I would have loved to. Well, part of me kind of regret, like, I was in the deep end, something no, chronic. No, no way. But, like, the learning curve was huge. Like, I look at, um, and I should say, like, to tangent a little bit, like, I look at it now in hindsight, and I'm so fucking glad I did. Because mm. with the whole thing that happened with COVID mm. and all that, like, I'm 29 now. Yeah. And there's no way I'd have a rookie sea- season, if you want to put, like, in air quotes. There's no yeah. way I'd do it now. Yeah. I'd be like, nah, it's... I just, yeah, I'm, I don't know, kind of, I'm past that. Yeah. Whereas at the time, like being 23, 24 or whatever I was, I was like, oh, I'll give it a crack. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, ended up doing, ended up doing a couple of World Cups that year. I did Crankworks in Innsbruck, in Whistler, whatever. So um, yeah, based myself in Whistler and it was fucking wild. And I, like, I'm, I'm kind of glad I did because like the rider that I was in 2018 compared to 19 because I went yeah, back again in 19 just, yeah. and it was insane dude like yeah. I was, felt like a different person um, which was yeah pretty wild and like after the 19 season like yeah I don't know I felt confident enough I guess to oh, I don't mean once COVID started and whatever I guess to start WIP and know a little bit like what I was talking about but yeah yeah it's been crazy learning curve no that's that's sick and I think if if there's one thing that I'll always, that will be like kind of the what if is was never getting to a World Cup and just been like, ah, oh, yeah, that would have been like a nice thing to have on the, yeah, on the I've done list, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I think it's wild for speed wise. I'm, I'm not at that level. I was back, yeah, on that Oshi's time, yeah, 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 and then, uh, but yeah, it was. I think the year before that was like when I was real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then that yep. was she was like the slow decline into a few injuries and then just like yep. yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so you say the WRP stuff so that started did that start was that on your mind like from when you kind of got really into the mountain biking and when you had the Canyon Sender or did you like 
did that come more once you got to the World Cups oh, and you started dude. to see what people were doing with bikes in the World Cup scene and you're like, I want to bring this to not, to the general no, public? No, not or? really. I, um, no, not really. Uh, I, to be honest with you, and I still am in a way, like I was a bit intimidated at first with the whole mountain bike thing because I was like so new to it all Yeah, in a way. Um, so it's a great question because I guess I haven't ever been asked it before. Um so the way it the way it worked was so the center hub thing like front freewheel so i think box I, did one of those is that uh, what I it, it was similar to what they have on like trials bikes like yeah mount, like mountain bike trials bikes yeah it's like a so the back's just like a like fixed like, like a fixed hub yeah. yeah and so you can essentially change gears while yeah you ride so it's like you've got an ever-changing yeah, yeah you never have to, yeah so i I actually did like a, like a, um, uh, like in design, um, like VCE design when I was in like year, yeah, year 12, I actually did my project on that. So like the idea, and it's not a new idea, like Shimano did in the seventies or whatever, Mm. but like the idea for like a modular one of those I'd had since I was like 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, because I saw the application in BMX, um, and uh, mainly for weight distribution in BMX, like BMX is so light. Yeah. So was that trying to get the mass? In the yeah, middle? trying to get the mass in the middle. Yeah. Um, and then the the potential opportunity to run a geared BMX because like with BMX, the problem with um, like Tuan Van Gent, he at the Olympics the other year, he is that three speed, I think, or two uh, speed. Two, yeah. And the thing that that kind of held him back, I in my opinion was the fact that he has to pedal to change he has gear. to pedal to change yeah. and it looked clunky like when and it's just it adds a thing you got to think about right yeah like when to shift and like you know it's like if you're racing dual slalom or whatever like timing the shift is super important because if you time it like at the top of the stroke it goes nice but if you time it at the like yeah. midway it's fucking weird yeah <clears throat> so my original thing like way back then like 2011 2010 2011 whatever was like sort of seeing maybe an opportunity for BMX. Um, and then, yeah, the years rolled on, I always kind of had the idea. And then when I did the thesis on it at uni, basically it was the university, well, actually that's right. Yeah. Cause the university had this, um, like this accelerator program for like startups. Mm-hmm. And was I'll, that like a grant or something? Yeah, towards it was, it? yeah. It was 10 grand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I graduated, I, I got invited to participate in, in their accelerator program and um do they take a cut so if you were to succeed does then no do they get so it's just like that is just like full grant you take the money and you yeah kind of run with it it was kind of lucky because it was part of the university yeah. so any anyone else yeah you're right they would take a cut or a commission or a, or a, um like when you blow up they can be like yeah but the unit at uh at that time at least that program yeah it was specifically like for graduates yeah. So it was to help out. And it was good for them too because, I mean, if you look at Harvard or whatever, they're kind of ranked on we got how a, many... We've got, got Ferris. Ferris, VW, VWS. <laughs> VHS. What are you up to, Ferris? Oh, I can hear him clucking up the stairs. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that was, that was good. It, it is an initiative to help students because their ranking goes up if they have more like successful alumni. Yeah. So that's a win-win for them, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, um, 
and like I'll still say now, like I'm, I just make parts. I'm not really a business person, I guess. Yeah. So I like in that accelerator program, I was kind of like, uh, part of it kind of frustrated me because I was like, well, I've built the hardware already. Like, what am I doing here? Type thing. But it was really good because like one of the things that they told me to do was to incorporate a business. Mm. Um, so that's where WRP, like Proprietary Limited started. Yeah. Was because basically, so what the 10 grand went to was an initial patent. But to get a patent, they suggested not to have the patent assigned to me, but assigned to a company. A company yeah. Because it's better if you're able to sell it or that type of stuff you sell the whole name yeah 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 so that's how wrp like on some wrp shirts when i've got like established 2017 like i didn't start doing jack shit until 2020 but like legitimately that's (laughs) when the the business was established um and that was kind of a prerequisite of the accelerator like yep get shit set up so um so did that but again it was just kind of sitting dormant um i didn't really know I didn't really have a plan to start WRP. I had this idea of this sort of modular front clutch. And that was still, your your head was in the BMX space. You hadn't even moved onto mountain bike space Well, yet. at this stage, yeah, at the accelerator time, I kind of had, I'd moved on to mountain bikes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, didn't really know its application. I thought it'd be a good idea, but um, didn't didn't really know how I could apply it, if you want to say it that way. Like, I was like, I didn't know what, yeah, didn't how, know. To, how to get it anywhere. Cause I'm yeah. like, it's, it's easy as a, you know, early 20 year old to make one product, but how to actually make multiple of these. I've got sort of no idea. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, anyway, just ended up like, I was just focused on racing really. Like yeah. I'd work, um, in Melbourne for six months a year, save up as much money as I could, mm-hmm. and then I'd piss off. And, and was that still doing the civil stuff at the time? So it was yeah, separate yeah. to the, yeah, yeah, like just the doing civil stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like there, are, like there are mechanical jobs in Australia, but like not like there are in Europe or America, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of if you do engineering, like, you kind of just find yourself in the civil space, I guess. Yeah, most of the time. So yeah, I was just working a desk job, sort of hating my life in the city. And, <laughs> Yeah, going riding whenever I could, and then pissing off and going racing um, in the winter. Um, so that was like, so you didn't. It wasn't necessarily from going to because I just team popping it in my head now is uh, Santa Cruz. You quite often see on when you look on pick bikes, they've always got <clears throat> even between like the team riders, they've got a different linkage with a different eye. progression or whatever. Or it's yeah. different on the frame. It's slightly mounted in a different place. Yeah. So was that. Was it anything like that that's kind of started your brain yeah, so, ticking towards so the what it, WRP so, stuff? Or? Yeah, so what it was, like the, the thing that sparked it was that um, I lived in this whirlpool, I guess, of like frustration of like, I want to do my own oh, thing. Oh, we got pizza. Oh, pizza. we got pizza. Go on a quick pause. Yep. All right, pause over. We're back after smashing a bit of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had a quick listen back to what we we're saying. So it was about what sparked WRP and yeah. your thoughts and yeah, for sure. So like, what I think I was saying, I was kind of in this whirlpool of like frustration of I had sort of this one idea 
and couldn't really get it off the ground. I guess like in 2018 when I was overseas, mainly in America, I met with a few people. I met like I met with Chris King and stuff like that, like at their facility to talk about this product. Yeah, because I was thinking, well, maybe like it's like I had a patent on it, right? Like yeah. maybe I could sell it or whatever. No one was really interested. So I was kind of yeah in this world of like yeah being a racer and had this idea whatever blah blah yeah. blah but like the thing that got it going was that uh, in 2019 we a friend of mine Jackson White from back in Australia he's, he's a quick downhiller uh, him and I raced Snowshoe World Cup so we it was actually pretty funny so we were in we are in Whistler for Crankworks mm-hmm. and then we drove from Whistler to Snowshoe which is, I don't know how many hours off the head, top of my head, I'd guess around 40, I guess. <laughs> Full working week. Yeah, yeah. And dude, it was so wild, like, because we, we were in Whistler, for, like, at the time of Crankworks, but we didn't race Crankworks, so we were like, oh, fuck, these crowds are too much. We'll go to Sun Peaks, which I recommend anyone to do, because Sun Peaks is fucking sick. Yeah. Um, rode there, and then, I don't even know, like, I'll take a stab but it was something like it was like Sunday night or whatever and we looked typical idiot early 20 year olds we like looked at the schedule and it was like Rego Wednesday and we were like fuck it might have even been later than Matt man it might have been Monday I, it, but like whatever it was we were like we have to leave right now yeah and I had this from the year before I had this shitbox floor uh, Ford Explorer uh, not a no an Escape yeah, that's like the SUV kind of. Yeah, well, kind of like a kind of like a Rav Four, I guess. Yeah. And there was another mate of ours, Andrew Horton. He was with us, so it was the three of us in that car, stacked to the fucking hilt. <laughs> and because what did you have downhill bikes and trail bikes, or you just? I I had my downhill bike and my hardtail. Those two guys had two downhill bikes, um, but all of our shit. Yeah. And I've got so many stories about that trip, like. It's so fucking funny. Like, um, yeah, one, like we're in the middle of Canada. Like, you've never seen, I'm sure there's like places in Russia or whatever that are more desolate, but like, <laughs> dude, like inland Canada's like, there's nothing out there. Yeah. And at like three in the morning, I had my full gear bag on the roof and it wasn't tied down because like I had my clips and everything in there. I'm like, it's heavy as fuck. Like, it's not going to go anywhere. No. And at like three in the morning, it blew off and like a B-double ran over it. Behind. Oh, it's you like, mean you weren't driving? You were like camping for the No, no, we, no, we were driving and it oh. flew off the roof <laughs> and a truck ran over it. All my shit went <laughs> like, it's so fucking funny. Oh, you and, had clips on the bag? No, your clips in the bag. Like my like my clip shoes, but clip pedals and that. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's it's weighty. Like that's not gonna <laughs> blow off the roof because we didn't have tie downs. Yeah, really. right. Oh, yeah. I still remember. Like, so we we got to snowshoe. We drove straight. Like we we hardly stopped. Only like you know for a couple of hours of sleep, just rotated drivers. It was fucking gnarly. I remember getting to snowshoe, and one of the first per- people I saw was Blinky. Yeah, and Blinky's like, holy fuck, you made it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did think we we're gonna make it, but. Anyway, we yeah we raced snowshoe. I had a bad crash, fucked my hand, so I didn't end up racing. Um, was that the first year of snowshoe? That was a f- that was the first year of snowshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a good track. I actually really really enjoyed. Was that, that the track. year when it was like Danny slotted? Uh, what was it like? Loken, Amory were like first and second, then Danny won, and 
was it Loke ended up getting third but because he bumped Amory down it actually made Loke win yes it was like some weird correct. like point situation yeah yep. that was a freaking it that was, was so dude, such a sick ending to the wild. season yeah. and like the the I, I, like yeah I haven't done a heap but that of the ones that I've done that was the loudest World yeah. Cup I've ever been to like it was the That's American a, fans get around it too but just because yeah. of the tension around those few guys that you just mentioned like yeah yeah it was fucking gnarly but it's like it's like Finales like that that make being a fan of a sport so worth it, especially Dude. when you're like analyzing like the points and the yeah yeah what like to be totally honest and coming into that round I wasn't really analyzing the points but I kind of know who's where and what's yeah. going on and you kind of yeah, yeah. doing the math yourself and you're like no way yeah actually like storybook ending for sure and the other thing too like you said like first year of snowshoes so it was like this new track like you know it was kind of up in the air about who was going to go quick and and all that type of stuff. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed I didn't race. We tried, like, literally duct taping my hand to the handlebar, but it was <laughs> just too sore. Anyway, point being was, yeah, like you said, Danny won. And we had a little bit of footage of ourselves riding. And at that time, like, mullet wasn't really a thing. Well, it was, that year was the first time that UCI had, had lifted the rules. Yeah. So prior to that, it didn't state a wheel size, but it just said front and rear wheel have to be the same size. Yeah. 2019 was the first year they lifted that rule. So, yeah, a few factory guys were on a mixed wheel size bike. Um, so they had, yeah, custom linkages, stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, Danny Saracen, he, he had that. Um, uh, yeah, that float and break. The float and break that, that year that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, like I, I was like, oh, that's cool. People on mixed wheel sides. Like I said, like I've ridden moto for a long time, mm. and it just kind of made sense to me when guys starting to run mixed wheel. I'm like, oh, makes sense. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Jacko and I were on twenty seven wheels that race, and the ne- yeah the next weekend after snowshoe was was the U.S. Open back yeah. at Big Bear. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, a few years on from when it was first there, but yeah, back at Big Bear. So we had to finish racing snowshoe and then drive back across the country to the West no, Coast. No, shit, that would have been a mass. That would yeah, have been even bigger than... Fucking huge. Um, so, but Andy flew home from, um, like, from Cleveland or something. Um, anyway, yeah, basically from snowshoe. So it was just me and Jacko driving back west. So we had a lot of time to kill and just talk shit. And we had a couple of videos of ourselves riding snowshoe that we were watching in the car, just kind of, kind of talking shit. Obviously, we we're talking about the, the top guys and they were going fast. And, you know, um, yeah, um, Loic and Danny Hart and whatever. And obviously, because Danny won, we were talking about mullet stuff. And mm. at the time, I was on a Common Style Supreme 27. Yeah. And the V4s or the V4.2s, I think they were at that point in time, like had that bolt-on dropout. Yep. So it was like bolt-on, um, like post-mount, uh-huh. bolt-on um, derail hanger with the dropouts included. And I was like, fuck man, like if I bought a, because it's kind of hard to go up to a, like if you've got a 27, it's kind of hard to put a 29 in. But if you've got a 29 as a, like as your mule, yeah it's quite easy to make a mullet oh i'm like fuck like when i get home i'm gonna sell this this one i'm gonna buy one of the new 29ers because the four the 
4.3s had just come out. Yeah. I'm going to buy one of the 29ers. I'm going to make a set of dropouts to run as a mullet because like, I'm not that tall. Danny's shorter than me and obviously just one yeah. snowshoe. I was like, fuck, I like, obviously there was something to the mullets, like for the smaller guys at least. There was yeah. something to it. Um, like I got my... Sorry to like cut you off, but no, with, no. with the mullets... Me personally, when I ride, I've always, and probably like a lot of people, you always tend to put a grippier tire on the front and a less grippy on the back. Yeah. Even when you've got like the same size wheel. And for me, if you're coming into the turn, and let's just say certain physics are out of the question, so you're like perfectly balanced, yep. and you're just hitting that turn until the breaking point, the back wheel technically is going to step push step out yep. first because you've got a grippier tire on the front. Yeah. And when you've got a 29 and 27.5, I feel like the same thing is that you've got that more surface area gripping. And so the back, when you're coming into a turn, you can lean her in and you know that back end's going to step before. So it's a bit more, and you always want it to go that way. You never yeah. want your front end to step out before your back. Yeah. And so I've got the full 29er now and I actually rode the full 29er Supreme as well. And what I've found is I do like the back end to step out. Yeah, right. And I think the high pivot, because it's so good and works so well, yeah. actually you get, in my opinion, almost too much grip. Yeah, right. Again, I'm not used to the bike. I used yeah, it a yeah, tiny yeah. little bit, but I yeah. found I had too much grip. So to get that back end sliding, I had to really trip myself in. It was yeah, quite right. scary to yeah to push that back end that much. And then on my bike now, I got the the TR, which rides like really like how it rides. But I think I'm going to go to the SX for that same reason. Is if you're going into a turn and you that the back end does break away like quite well, but still if i could just relax a bit more and it naturally steps out because when you're leaning the bike in and it yeah. just you push it to that tipping point of it breaking free and it breaks before the front that's a really that's good analogy nice, like i've never thought about it that way before but it makes sense hey i've always noticed from going from 26 to 27 like flat turns because everyone only well not only but lots of people always have always said it rolls so much quicker and i've never noticed the rolling speed I've always noticed the grip in corners and you leaning it over and how it's almost like I can feel how much surface area of that tire is on that turn and like the the breakaway point is just like so much later. So if you go from a 26 to a 77, you can lean it in and it breaks, like you lose that traction so much later yeah, yeah. on a bigger wheel and then 29 the same thing again yeah. compared to 27.5, you can lean it in and you'll lose traction way later. Yeah, and, yeah. But I want that in between, which is that mullet of yeah. the, you don't want the front to lose traction no, you but you want, want that. that back yeah. to step out to yeah i guess yeah i've never thought about that way that's that's a really good analogy i think um yeah it depends how you ride too eh? like i kind of yeah I, yeah i'm a bit oh, of a back, back and brake rider and i think a lot of that to your point and I, like i've thought about this for two seconds so i could be wrong but i think a lot of it would be to do with like your effective axle height and like your bottom bracket drop because mm -hmm. you imagine if you're on a 29er your bottom bracket drop is going to sit lower than your axle. So oh, like, yeah. Uh-huh. So say on the metas, I think, like off the top of my head, I think the bottom bracket drop is like 34 mil. So your, your center of your bottom bracket sits 34 mil lower than your axle. Than your axle. Yeah. But as soon as you mullet it, it, like if you full geo-correct, that axle is going to come down 19 mil. Yeah. Um, so the distance like the vertical distance between the middle of your bottom bracket and the middle of the axle is now reduced by say 20 mil. Mm. So I think that's why it would lose traction so much either because you're not in the bike so much like to actually tip it over now. Yeah. You've got less leverage to higher. actually get it sideways. 
Yeah. So I think that's probably what you're feeling. Yeah. But yeah, I've never thought about it that way. That's yeah. That's what that's I've cool. always. I know. I was yeah. just, well, I've always just put it to the amount of like, like surface area of tail you've actually got on the ground. Yeah. Obviously less less surface areas. I I reckon that's definitely got something to do with it. I reckon it's more so the axle. I'm like bottom yeah. Like a drop. I'm yeah. very basic when I come to like my yeah my descriptions in terms of like geometry. If people ask me what head angle I got, pff, yeah, I don't know bottom bracket height, pff, reach. Yeah. Pff, yeah. I just like I'll jump on a bike and if it feels like it fits nice. Like I'll just ride it's, a bike before yeah. I buy it, and I won't, I won't really tend to even compare it to my last bike. Like I had a kind of process before the commensal. Yeah. Honestly, couldn't tell you what yeah. any of this other than the wheels are bigger on my new bike. Couldn't yeah. tell you. Oh, yeah. and the travel. I look at travel. Yeah. You know, I need to yeah. be like my new one's one forty. My yeah. last one was one, well, one five eight because yeah. it was a, a process one five eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the only reason yeah. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. It's cool to um, to have someone like yourself as well, and like the way we, I think we both think is way different. Um, well, you might turn me around, but I feel like I'm very like I'm very basic. I'm but I think very... that's that's half. Like I kind of analyze a bit, but I'm kind of basic as well. Like on the principles of it. Like mm. yeah, I don't know if it feels good. I think that's that's good. I kind I kind of I maybe try to reverse engineer. I guess rather than like come in with like a precedent which i feel as though maybe sometimes the bike industry does like this is the best thing going you need this because this is what i i sometimes feel maybe as a reverse engineer like i ride something i'm like whoa that feels really good why did that feel really good and then yeah. i ponder it for <laughs> yeah. fucking ages um but yeah back to the thing and that's yes. kind of yeah how it all happened a similar kind of reverse engineering thing i was like obviously there's something that mullet thing because danny just won um, so it's not bad yeah it's not bad yeah. so yeah got home ended up buying a 29er and yeah making a set of dropouts for it and yeah I loved it first ride I was like this is really good so what did you do you just make dropouts for the back wheel or did you go like did you get like um, different bushes as well the, the what they call off centre bushes yeah no and the shotgun was it just the no, rear just, dropout you just the dropout can I see so, that yeah man go for it I'm not going to have it anyway I've got to drive, so I'm on one. Um, yeah, so just the dropout. So everything suspension-wise stayed dead stock. And that's half the reason I wanted to do it. So I could do back-to-back and actually be like, yeah, I didn't want to have too many variables. Yeah. Um, and for me, yeah, get, like I'm 5'8", not that tall. Like 29er, I, the lean-over thing, all that, like, yep, that's to it as well like i prefer mullet in the back end but the crux of it is like i just bug my ass yeah. too much um so i was like yeah like there's something to this mullet thing um yeah i know how to set for myself and then a whole heap of people wanted them because those bike well those bikes are very popular like common style supremes are very yeah. popular but oh they're, they're a sick bike and yeah they, yeah, they, like, they proved it on the walk as well as like through private like professionals like privateers have gone yeah. so well and they're, they're so affordable as well compared to like yeah anything of the equivalent well like particularly in the like not say like last season but say like i don't know 18 19 20 dude it's like every privateer was on a fucking supreme yeah <laughs> um for good reason too but yeah. like so yeah made one for myself and then uh yeah, people kind of, oh, that's right. Yeah, because I made a set and then 
I raced Rotorua on it. Yeah, Crankworks. Yeah. Yep. And that kind of got a heap of attention just because it's Crankworks. Yep. So you're there on something just a tiny bit custom and people want to know what you're on about. Yeah. Um, so then I sold a heap of them. I, like, is that something you still make now? Oh, I guess it, the, yeah, the it is. Now a bit, it, like, I haven't sold one for quite a while now, but like, yeah, I, actually, Under- no, I only sold one probably last month or yeah. so. I guess commensals are in their own mullet option now too. So it yeah, kind of yeah, the, you out the, the mullets, oh, sorry, the, that model is a little bit outdated now. Um, but a lot of people still have those bikes. So I still get hit up for them. Um, I actually keep a fair few in stock just because I made, I made a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, off the bat, I sold a heap. I, I yeah, I, I'd have to have a look. The like, if I looked at my website analytics, that wouldn't be very accurate because, at, at first, I didn't even have a website. I was just Word selling it through like PayPal. Yeah. Someone would hit me up, and I'd be like, "Hi, oh, yeah, flick me whatever." <laughs> um, like pretty much just cost price, and then yeah. I sold enough of them that I was like, "All right, I'm getting sick of DMs. Like, I need to set up. <laughs> yeah. I need to set up a website." Um. And then it was kind of funny because I was like, oh, well, this has kind of worked out okay because I have this company that I incorporated back in 2017. Yeah. Lucky I did it then type of thing. Like it was all set up. It was just sitting there dormant. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is sick. Like I've got a business, a bank account that was just sitting there dormant. I've got the company incorporated. So, okay. Like, And WRP, like Williams Racing Products, I actually felt like, a bit of a wanker using that name. Like I didn't want my name in it. <laughs> yeah. But it was like when I was setting the company up back in 2017, I had no idea what to call it. I need to call it something. It's like when you're a kid and you start your first email address and it's like big pimp in it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I looked at mine the other day and it's, um, it's Mick underscore loves underscore BMX underscore seven six, which is my race number. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck. That's so embarrassing. But yeah, I felt like a wanker calling it Williams Racing Products. But I was like, I needed, back in 2017, I needed to put something down to yeah. register the company. So that's just what I put down. Um, and I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, well, like, this is the company. It's going to cost money to make it another name. So yeah, okay, this yeah. is what it is. And then it just kind of snowballed. And then um, a friend of mine hit me up for a, a link like to mullet his enduro. Uh, this specialized in Jiro, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I'd actually made a link for my my Meta TR just before that. And then he saw that and was like, could you do that for my Enduro? And was that to increase travel or was that for like It was mullet. But I to, to mullet yeah. it, but it also increased travel. Yeah. Um, and I think that part was really what kicked it off for me because those bikes, unbeknownst to me, like, and again, I try to be pretty, um, I don't know, realistic with it like i'm not a bike mechanic yeah um so i like i've i obviously wrench on all my bikes whatever but like i'm not the most knowledgeable bike industry person by any means i didn't really know how popular those bikes were and then i you know sold two four sixteen and it just, it compounded. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. This I think is, I've no, seen them. They're that tiny little tiny. chip. At the, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, just, it steamrolled. And then all of a sudden within a couple of months, it was like, yeah, it was, it was getting pretty gnarly. Um, so what have you got now? So you've, I've seen your links on the, 
Is it just the Meta TR you make them for, or is it the AM as well? Have you made a link? And so then they, I've seen they, your ones on the Enduro. So they use the same yoke on the TR and the AM, which is kind of cool. That's okay. same clever. So yeah, it's totally interchangeable. So I only need to make one. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, and that's for the mullet. That's mullet. So that's the mullet. And yeah. then does that increase the travel as that well? That increases the travel as well. On the TR and, and the AM? Or yes. just on... Yeah, on both. On both. Because yeah. effectively what you're doing with like a clevis is you just like, you're maintaining the stock leverage curve. It's just now because you've got the same rocker. It's just yeah. that clevis is essentially like extending your eye to eye of your shock. Like yeah. your effective shock. Yeah, so it's like, it's, so you're not being so raked out if you just threw a yeah. 27 on the back it would rake your, it would rake your it back end would just drop down so this Whereas, is just to keep your axle height the same is the it sa- yeah. yeah well the axle height goes down 19 mil so it means oh, sorry yeah. yeah 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 so all your but, your bottom bracket head angle is dead stop like that's dead as same, it was yeah. So, yeah um but what it does is so yeah you maintain your stock leverage curve because you're not touching the rocker um so if you imagine like a graph um uh, that's like stroke, like shock stroke versus travel. Yeah. And you've kind of got a slope on that graph of like your leverage curve is that like if you didn't have a shock in your bike, your swing arm will cycle through a fairly large bandwidth of um, of travel. Yeah. Once you put a shock in there, then it's limited to that sort of range. So with that, particular part like you're keeping your stock leverage your leverage curve it's just sitting in a slightly different portion of that curve yeah um so yeah essentially it starts earlier and finishes earlier so it feels essentially the same but slightly different but it it maintains the same curve so you're not radically changing it yeah which is nice like i don't really want to get into screwing with the yeah engineers well they've done a fair bit of r&d themselves yeah 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 um, but but what it means is when you do that is that you uh, nearly all the time you increase the travel just a little bit because you're moving that portion of the stroke into the portion that has a little bit more progression. Yeah. So you get more stroke for so you get more distance traveled for the ratio of stroke that yeah. the shock needs On to the travel. Shock, yeah. So you don't have to change the shock. Yeah, you don't have to change the shock. But generally speaking, you get an extra five or six mil. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it just kind of snowballed, I guess. And then everyone wanted, like, it was kind of, I think a lot of it was just timing. Like, um, mullets were the thing in like 2021. 20, yeah. 20, yeah, end of 2020, like 2020, yeah. 2021, everyone wanted a mullet. And the industry, like, I hate that term, the industry, but like the industry hadn't quite caught up. With and with, with the shortages around the world, because that was COVID, so no one yeah. could get any parts anyway. And I think part of it was because, um, you know, it's like to, I guess, like even being in Queenstown, um, and that's what I love sort of um, about Queenstown. But I think a lot of it was just that I was lucky in the fact that we were doing some privateer racing that year. So, like, I saw what some of the privateers were on that maybe... Um, if you were removed from that, you might not see yeah. sort of, yeah, what those guys are doing. Like, mm. I know Vital and Pink Bike and whatever we're posting about mullets, but I don't know, I've pondered it before. I'm like, if I, was, if I wasn't actually at that race, 
I probably would have never have had that idea. Oh, there's so much that goes on there. Yeah. Even if you're not racing just as a spectator, there's so many more pits and and things there that you almost don't really get much yeah. limelight at all because yeah, you know, they can only report on so many teams, so it's not for like sure. really their fault either, but yep. so easy for things to go under the radar. Yeah, yeah. And I think like even as like obviously everyone, including ourselves who were you know in B practice but we're trying to still chase every second we can yeah. so it was just a culmination of trying to go fast guys are going a lot faster than us and like new technologies and stuff so it was just kind of yeah a bit of a, the stars aligning but um, yeah I, the product it was yeah it was a bit of a snowball like it was like alright well people are interested in this like and then it was a bit of a self challenge because like COVID hit so I wasn't really doing anything else like I was still working but I was working from home mm. So I kind of had all this free time to pour into WIP stuff. Um, and I wasn't, you know, had no racing to sort of worry about and take all my money. So yeah. <laughs> doing WIP instead. Um, and it was, it, yeah, it was a good challenge just to challenge my own engineering skills. Yeah. So, Six, um, so you got a few, I kind of interrupted my own question there with no, the right. how many products yeah. you have before, because we've got the bike and I'm kind of pretty keen to just yeah at the bike gym, but how many progress have you got available before oh, at the geez. moment i, I, actually, I don't know I, yeah i've got quite a few yeah because um, i've not actually been on the website would have been fuck yeah I, I don't know i've got my phone here I, it would be and you're constantly working on constantly as well, well yeah the Instagram it's page. yeah and like i've actually tamed it back a little bit because i was working on stuff that people wanted but it'd be kind of became a distraction from the bigger picture yeah um you know i'd make little parts that were kind of good like shock bolts or something like yeah stronger ones and that like that was good but i was like this is it's taking too much of my time and it's distracting from bigger projects that i really and now feel as, yeah, yeah yeah um i don't where where are we i don't know how many parts we got Fair view. <coughs> yeah. Oh shit, we got more. Yeah, I don't know. The list goes on. Yeah, but yeah. Either quite, way, I guess if anyone's now. interested, then yeah. Your website's just WRP or yeah, Williams Racing. Williams Racing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's kept going. So yeah. And it's progressed. So you like you say you had no interest a few years ago in bikes. Or making here, frames. Or making frames and then here... Yeah, I, I guess... Here we like, are sat in front of... So a friend of mine s- said to me, uh, he owns a, a bike shop in Adelaide and he was saying to me, he's like, because Trinity kind of just started, I guess, like, I might have been struggling from a bit of imposter syndrome. I, I don't know what it was. But he's like, he's like, no, I, I think you're in a really good position because like, you're taking a stock brand bike and making it better with your yokes or air quote better. Yeah. More desirable for a certain market. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of proving that you can make their bike better. So, you know, um, turning that into your own bike. Yeah. Then I think he was saying anyways, like, I think that gives you good credibility to do it. Mm. Like, oh, maybe so. But um, yeah, I, I thought that doing a frame was out of my league and to be honest with you it is if it wasn't for the two other boys yeah um because yeah it's a big lift um i mean 
you could do something and it, this isn't saying like a generic four bar design's easy but it's a lot easier than what we're trying to achieve but i think that's kind of been with anything that i'm trying to kind of do i'm like if i'm not going to do it yeah so what would you call what would you call this linkage is it like a bit of a vert it's not really a virtual pivot eh? it's yeah it's, it's it's yeah it's a virtual pivot so it's like technically like a high virtual pivot yeah or a mid-high virtual pivot so it's kind of like an inverted kind of like inverted rocker because you if you imagine you imagine that was flipped upside down like kind of puts it off with the high idler yeah but you imagine that was flipped upside down it would look kind of like a four bar yeah it would kind of look like four bar but it's that inverted like upside down on its side a bit um so yeah obviously now you need to run idler and stuff like that but yeah technical term would be like a virtual high pivot or yep. virtual mid high pivot like a bit of a vpp yep yeah thing going on feels feels similar in nature yeah so to break down the bike i think the first thing when you roll her in this season is obviously the front triangle is made of what chrome molly yeah, and then yeah. the back end is full alloy yeah alloy. full alloy 6061 yeah so what was uh what's the the reason for the two different materials for the frame oh it goes so deep but basically when we first talked about doing it we had a whole heap of different methods that we chucked around like carbon alley all that type of stuff um chromo like i shouldn't say we settled on chromo because we never settled on anything we're like we'll try it and if it works good we'll keep pursuing it if it doesn't work we'll scrap it and we'll do something else yeah um but chromoly was something that i was always interested in pursuing um and nigel who's a third of trinity and who welds them he's got like well he's old school bmxer but yeah um his whole sort of career's been well he was with ford for almost 20 years but like his whole thing is making race cars yeah um so obviously 4130s used a lot there so as far as a fabrication method he was like i really want to at least start with 4130 yeah um, particularly as a mule because you can do it you can if it's not quite right you can chop it and re-weld it and, like it's yeah. pretty versatile like yes yeah. is that just like the, the the structure of how the metal is it's quite easy to use well i guess because it's a steel yeah like, yeah it's very strong when you weld it you don't necessarily need to like post weld heat treat it yeah um like you do of alloy yes yeah, yeah alloys alloys a bit of a bastard like that um yeah, it's just, it's super, super strong. Like, yeah. Yeah, super strong. You always see the welds on the steel frames are much smaller. Yeah. And like way tardier than yep. on a, to a big chunky alloy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, 4130 or any chromoly, but yeah, 4130 is very, very strong. And it's just, like I was saying, like if we needed to modify the frame at all, which we did a lot, like there was stuff like tabs and stuff that we just welded on yeah. in situ. We're like, the bike's literally sitting here how it is in front of us. And we're like, we need a tab there. And, just, <laughs> and, the, so, and, the, yeah. and the structural like integrity of the steel stays change. the same. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, as long as you did nothing stupid. Yeah. Um, no, didn't but it, yeah, like. just a little tab is fine. Yeah. Um, so as far as workability for a prototype for us, it just made sense. And then I assumed, like I'd never ridden a chromo downhill bike before this. But I assumed from the BMX sort of background that Chromo was going to feel good. And from stuff that I'd read before, like Nico Vuliez's bikes, all them, or Chromo. Yeah. I expected it to feel pretty good. And yeah, version one, surprise, 
surprised us all quite a bit. Um, there was stuff on it that, in hindsight now, is like kind of embarrassing because it was shit. But as far as like, <laughs> like the, what the mainframe? Oh, like I sh- I shouldn't be too hard on on ourselves, but like because you need to start from somewhere. But the rear end was shit. Like, oh, it, it so the full the rear end was chrome alloy. No, too. no, no. That was, oh, that was that was aluminium. Yeah, as well. Um, so yeah, uh, the rear end we had talked about doing out of chrome alloy, um, but it, like the majority of it, like your post mount for your brake. Um, like your hanger, your rocker, stuff like that is going to be CNC'd anyway. Yeah. Most likely. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, we might as well CNC that. Um, on the version one, I guess because we were chucking something in the dark, just trying to make it stick. Yeah. Um, it was good, but it was too thin. Yeah. Like it was just too flimsy. Did you get a few cracks? Or no. More just no, a flex? It was just felt. flex. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like if we had it kept riding it, it probably would have, to be honest with yeah. you. But it was just too flimsy. But a lot of it was just our... Um, it was more so our approach to constructability. Like I think version one surprised us. We're like, ah, oh, there's a lot more to this than what meets the eye. Like <laughs> um, even like you know appropriate preloading of bearings and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. to actually make the rear end work and again like i was saying because that's not super complicated but like because we've got a little bit going on yeah um yeah everything kind of needs to be in check i guess and did you use was there any particular bike that you looked at beforehand to look at things like the genometry and you're like oh that's these seem to work and we're gonna go for a similar reach to this and that yeah a little bit so like we we've mucked around with geo a lot like probably more than we've given ourselves credits for or post on instagram about or whatever but like we've mucked like every bite so this is v4 all of them have been slightly different um um yeah um a lot of it was kind of looking at stuff in theory and then overlaying that with kind of heuristics of other bikes that that we'd ridden um mainly you know myself had ridden um i don't know to keep i don't want to keep banging on about common style but i like i like the supreme so i think they're a good bike yeah um uh for me at least they can't they kind of seem to fit me yeah um so i would say that geometry wise as a as set up as a downhill bike it had like the front end at least the rear end's totally different but the front end's got a bit of supreme yep um just got influence. inspiration yeah 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 yep um i don't think it's like why change a winning team do you think you yeah know, like yeah something yeah works there's no point like trying to change it for the sake of being different if you know something works yeah. there's no point in yeah trying to not trying to avoid it because you're only gonna do yourself yeah make problems for yourself so. so v like v1 was a bit of a monster truck like it was not very supreme yeah, uh, influenced at all. Yeah. Like it was kind of, yeah, kind of a bit grim donor paper. A little bit grim donor. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, not so extreme, but yeah, a little bit. And then V two, we we bought back in. We're like, oh, we'll, we'll um, uh, yeah, we'll make it a bit more generic. But it it wasn't right. It was a bit too short. That was the one that I bought here in 
September. So oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. That was V two. So I was gonna because my next question was gonna be like going into when I look at the bike. Obviously, the things that stand out is the quite obvious gearbox on the bottom of this one. Yeah. But when did you introduce? Because you had the dropout anyway. You've got the option to go with the conventional drive chain as well. Yeah, yeah. So so did all versions have the option, or was it from V two that you oh, got? So V what was it? So V one. It was, V1 was, it's a bit of a work of art. It's sitting, it's sitting in the, in Nigel's shed at home. <laughs> but like it literally, it took like a week to assemble just because everything was proprietary. Yeah. Fucking everything. Washers, bolts, everything we like laid up. Um, but version one, it could house a pinion or a conventional bottom bracket. So I made up conventional bottom bracket like bolt in yeah but all the lattice section was all chromoly so it was like water jet cut out of chromoly plate yep. but welded into the frame and it was actually quite beautiful like the way it flowed and whatever was really because it was proper handmade yeah um down to everything i mean yeah nigel was cutting stuff with an angle grinder like in his hands like <laughs> yeah, proper proper handmade yeah um and then version two but yeah, like I was saying, yeah, like you were saying, it was a bit grim donutty. Version two, we scaled back, but it, what the geo wasn't right. Like it was the axle to crown was not like the design of the axle to crown wasn't really designed around a dual crown. Mm -hmm. So when you put a dual crown in it, it kind of stood itself up. Yeah. Um, and because it stood itself up, it looked short because as soon as you stand it up, effectively the bars are coming back at you. Yep. Um, so. It, like it was good but it wasn't right yeah. um, uh, and it used like 3D printed frame lugs and shit which were good but not ideal um, like yeah it just made the frame feel real stiff so it was kind of like the Geo started to get a little bit better into version 2 than version 1 yeah. but we kind of we started to incorporate things that were less desirable Yeah. like the V1 frame felt like the way it felt was very nice. It was just the geo was a bit off. Yeah. Um, and then we made... A th so, yeah, I guess it's come a long way between two and four. Yeah. You know, when I first sort of saw you over here in September, it's come a long way since then because we made a, a V3 for cans, which was straight after that. Yep. I think I just saw pictures on the internet. Yeah. yeah. And like that was a good frame. That was very similar to this. So rear end kind of similar got rid of some of the 3D printed lugs but had others um, uh, and that that was pretty bloody close but again like we didn't really like the prints because they gave like a just a weird kind of like unnatural feeling I guess because essentially like you've got the print and you have to leave contingency on the print for the tube to slip over and then you do a beta weld Yeah. so effectively what you're creating is like a double butt but not a double butt how you would in a conventional tube where it tapers. Like yeah. this butt is quite thick and heavy. So it's like in, yeah, like it's slotted inside itself. Yeah. And it's only, yeah. it's only like five mil overlap. But the point is like, if you're in tune with bikes um, and like, I'm not saying I'm like the best downhill bike tuner guy, but like, um, you know, ride a lot of motos, BMX, that type of stuff. And I've, have a feel a fairly good idea i think if something's like not yeah quite right i think from riding bmx you probably have a better feel than most because 
I don't think I have a very good feel because I think the suspension, you know, takes a lot. You know, obviously takes a lot out of it. That's its job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, like, I, I don't know if I could tell you if it was the frame or the suspension that was wrong. Yeah. I guess you riding a fully rigid BMX your whole life, you can kind of get that intuity yeah. to maybe to understand the frame. Yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. Um, I think maybe the other thing too is, I guess, is because you've made the bike you might be like ultra sensitive to things because you're just ultra sensitive to stuff that you've yeah. made. Yeah, you're, you don't on, want to more, you're, you're on biggest critic half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and like, just say with like 3D printed metal, because like we, um, we were outsourcing that. So like I can print it at the university, but what they can't do is, well, sorry, they can 3D print most stuff at the university they can't heat treat the metal. Yeah. And the specific metal that we were using, the university couldn't do. So we were outsourcing it. So not only you are like you're trusting them in the quality of their print, you're also trusting them in the quality of their, their heat treating. Yeah. And it just kind of opened a can of worms. Cause we're like, well, it's one thing if I'm writing it, cause if it fails under me, then yes, my fault. Yeah. But if, if that's going out to the public, and a, a print fails and we never had a print fail but if a print failed we would kind of be saying we should have known better yeah in a way well, well as soon as you think of a problem yeah uh, like when that then arises you're like fuck yeah like, I knew this is only like yeah. a, like time yeah 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 it might never happen like you say but then with that time when it does you're like it's ah. exactly and it's one of those things like it's hit in the back of your head it's probably there for a reason like yeah. when you're leaving the house and it's like oh should I take the keys or not take the keys it's like take the keys because there's a, there's a reason it's hit in the back of your mind it's kind of the same with the prints it was like if we're questioning it just get rid of it get rid of it um, and then yeah made this frame and this fr- like the front end of this frame actually feels quite similar to V1 just with all the geometrical updates that we made from the first three. Um, so it's kind of your fourth time lucky if you want to say that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It feels it feels good. I mean, yeah, I'm a big Chromo fan. Like, yeah, I, a lot of people are. Like, even in motocross, like... Yeah, the frames. KTMs yeah. are so good through the whoops. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just that bit of compliance. Like, I've got a KTM at home. I just like an EXC and it's the fucking best. It's yeah. just something really natural about chromoly. Yeah. And that's what I guess I'm saying with the prints, the prints, as soon as you introduce that, it all of a sudden didn't necessarily feel like a chromoly frame. Yeah. Especially with that, with those points as well being like the logs have quite a lot of impact on where that flex kind of comes from Definitely. anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Particularly when you're talking about like where we had the lugs, like you said, like, we had like a down tube lug here and if you look like between the bottom bracket and your head tube like it's not halfway along say it's like a third away along but it's yeah. wanting to flex along that distance yeah of which the lug is kind of um inhibiting that yeah um so all this one's all like all this is like um um formed like over a die and a press at yeah home. so yeah that's it's, it's all pretty pretty cool so going back to the the gearbox so we kind of so now we've got it on v4 and you've got the option have you got three versions so you've got what you can this mount a pinion you say 
which is already like a, a gearbox you can buy essentially yep. off the shelf. Yep. And then you can throw, if you don't like that, you've got another cage you can put on, which just gives you yeah. the option to put a normal crank set on it. Yeah. Without so the gearbox. Es essentially, like, you've got, like, these are just M6 bolts, but it kind of looks like rivets. So, like, this riveting pattern around here, if you undid these, that whole ass end of the bike, I guess, like, yeah. the whole bottom, the bottom bracket, bracket section will drop out. Yeah. So, if you want to run a normal bottom bracket, you can just put plates in that has a normal bottom yeah. bracket incorporated so you can just run your normal cassette at the rear wheel or single speed if you want if you want you can put in plates with a pinion pattern yeah so it just looks like half that i guess okay so you yep. just bolt your pinion straight in or if you want to run in the future my gearbox you put in the plates that adapt my gearbox so it's it's the plates that you'd be swapping out yeah um so let's talk about your gearbox because that was kind of yeah I guess one of the biggest, probably one of the most exciting things to me anyway on the bike is um, your unique gearbox, which you've put like a nice clear case on. Hey, George. Here we go, mate. You've got like a nice clear case on so you can see the workings of it inside. So it's not, we were talking about the, uh, the yeah. was it the Honda G-Cross team the other oh, day yeah. and they had all that enclosed all and you couldn't hidden. see what was going yeah. on. But you've, so what would like what would you call that? Like what would you compare it to? So you've got the cassette in there that moves kind of independently to the chain. So you've always got a straight chain line on the inside. Is that yeah, right? That's, that's kind of the ethos behind it. So I was racking my brain about this for a while. Um, I mean to go back a step, and it's kind of funny. Like on the V1 frame, like it was just sitting in in the WRP workshop, and one night I was like, because I've always had this thing like the current gear technology is a bag of shit. Like with yeah. stuff hanging off your rear wheel, it's just no good. Well, that's going back to your first, you know, your first thing of the, the center hub. Yeah. A bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something well. with the drivetrain on it. It's just not, not ideal. And like the V1 frame I had sitting there in WLP workshop one night, it was probably too late, hence why it might have been Fucking, I don't know, daydreaming a little bit or whatever, but I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, um, you might have seen it because it got a big bike and that. But basically, I just had like a a derailleur hanging off like the main pivot. Yeah. And it was a pretty wild setup. Like it was all on the left-hand side, like with jack sharp across. But it was mainly just an experiment. Like, I wonder if there's something to this. And then obviously Pink Bike were like, oh, we want to run a story, blah, blah, blah. And it was so, because I'd like... 3d printed some stuff up just that night and whacked yep. it on i was like holy shit it actually works and that was kind of <laughs> yeah it um but after then i was like oh well, there's obviously something to gearbox like the, it, obviously people want yeah want this um yeah had a couple of different reiterations and fucking around and then uh was really like nationals 20 was it 2022 down at Medina? Um, I don't know. It's something, and this goes back to the snowshoe thing. Maybe, I don't, I don't know what spurs on ideas, but definitely like when you're in a bit of a, um, I don't know what the right word would be, but um, when you're in an event, it's kind of like, I don't know, your endorphins are high and yeah. your creativity, go, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, I was camping down there like in my swag whatever and i was like just i was just brainstorming gearbox ideas and then <laughs> then the, the the thought of if the chain line could stay straight and it was 
the gears that could move in front of it, then that would be very good. Like you're limited, obviously, with with space. Yep. And that's why it's not done at the rear wheel. And like you've got so much chain between the rear and the front that you can you can accommodate that chain kink. Yeah. But in the gearbox, because that's the main contention, right? Like the problems that I was coming up with was that like, well, how do I contend with the the chain kink? Like you've got to have like so much range over such a short distance that yeah. you're just spitting chains. Yeah. So I was like, well, if the chain can stay straight and it's actually moving the gears, then I think that's the ticket. Um, and that was really the, the breakthrough, not that I had the whole gearbox in my mind, but like that was the breakthrough Something to play with. Like, yeah. okay, you've got to make the gear, like the cassette move instead. Um, so does so, this, yeah. can this change on the fly? Does that chain always spin or do you have to pedal to change gear as well at the moment? Okay, so as it currently sits, I've got to change to... You've got to pedal to first change. I've got to, yeah. yeah. But in the very near future and like... Um, so this is obviously sitting in the V4. I've had this because I've been working on it for a while. This was made pre-V4. So I've had this in the V3 yep. with an iteration of the center hub in there. So you can change yes. whatever you want. Yeah, we're um, good. And that's pretty wild. It's gone, again, gone full circle from the yeah. first kind of thing. Well, and the funny thing is, dude, like um, the way that I've made this gearbox, you wouldn't actually be able to make it without some of the center hub design. So like, yeah. cause that's like a stock set of cranks and that adapter in there, like that's straight off the center hub. So it's like a direct mount crank adapter. Yeah. Um, so that like essentially that spigot through the middle there is, I guess, um, uh, I don't know. Um, it's using the same dimensions as like the center hub clutch. Yep. And it's using the center hub design to like axially offset itself yeah. into the inside of the gearbox. So it's like, yeah, it is kind of full circle. Yeah. 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 It's so, very funny. And then with this bike as well, you've got the flip chip, which allows you to then change it to, uh, an enduro bike essentially yeah and is that going to be featured on the ones that you guys are selling these 25 yeah, yeah it is. so when yeah. people buy this bike they get an essential getting two two for one essentially yeah nice yeah because um, um i guess mood that's just kind of just want to talk about is today what was it this morning actually that pink bike put up the article yeah. that you're you're yeah. selling it so that was how does that feel for you, first of all, I guess? Like, dude, man, so, that's a, a long think, time, just yeah, a long time coming. I think I mentioned something to you on top of the lift, but like, yeah, it's... So we've been we've been open for for pre-order um, before today, but but not publicly. Yeah. Like, we sent out... Uh, we've been in contact with a few friends of ours to get, like, um, like a couple of beta test frames done. Um and that was, you know, because we've made a few of these V4s now, like Nigel, like the, the fabricator, he's got one as well. Yeah. So we've made a few now to know that we're, like, we can repeat the process, whatever, but we wanted to get, like, a few of our, um, like, a few of our friends, but more so, like, industry experts, I guess. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to get one and be part of, like, a beta test. Um, but then we, on Saturday morning our time we um we released um like the pre-order of the 25 but not publicly just to our mailing list yeah 
Um, and yeah, I think I was mentioning I was racing dual slalom on the weekend and I had to turn my phone off because like I noticed, uh, like I don't really get nervous, that nervous anyway before races. And I was like, oh, dude, I was like, I was, I, was, I was in the gate, like I was in the gate start and I was like sort of shaking and I was like, fuck dude, like you, your base level of anxiety is high and yeah. I know the reason it's high. Yeah. It's I was not like, even I, because of the race. Yeah. I had to turn my phone off and just not look at it. Um, and then, yeah, this, this morning, um, was, yeah, the, the official release to the world type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was pretty exciting, but, um, yeah, a bit daunting at the same time, but, um, yeah, it's all a bit of fun. Yeah. I guess the only, uh, I saw that and I just go straight to the comments and just, uh, I guess the, you see it with every single bike almost that comes out and they just go straight for the price. Yeah. But to just, from I'm gonna try and justify it for you, and then okay, you can yeah. like yeah, try you tell others. me where I'm going. But yeah, I think like what I've, when I guess because we've talked about the whole process, I guess it's easy for people to understand now. But you're not, for one, you're selling 25 bikes. It's not that many, but also you're not talking about something that. Um, it's not like it was free to make and you made it overnight. Yeah. This is imagine if you didn't have all your other products that you were selling. And this was the only thing you'd been working on, and what, what like how long you'd been working? Three years? Uh, yeah, I just yeah, just over two, but yeah, pretty well full time on the. So bike. like yeah. twenty, so it's what nine thousand Australian. Yeah, and you're selling twenty five, so that's like two thousand twenty two, two hundred twenty five thousand. Yeah, just all in, if and there's three of you at Trinity. Yeah. So divide that by three, divide by like three years. Yeah. There's your annual wage. That's fuck all. And that's not even including all the cost of making the frame. So it's like, if you do the math like really quickly, yeah. suddenly not actually that much money. And it's like, how, if it yeah. was any less than that, how would they even possibly make the bike? Well, yeah, there, there's so many points to that. I mean, first of all, first of all, it's comparable to say a V10. Like I think... A V10 is like, what, yeah. eight and a half or something? And yeah, that was not even comparing it to, like yeah. taking other bikes out oh, of question and like just as like a point of somebody trying to make a living out of something. Yeah. And like the other... It's still not going to make you like... You yeah, know. yeah. And like the other... <laughs> like as far as like, I don't want any of my time paid back. Like I'm, I would do it. I'd be doing it anyway because I enjoy that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not looking at it as like, oh, just the the price of the bike has to pay me back for the last two and a half years of development. Yeah. That's not, not, you probably like, can't I don't count the hours you put into it. You... Oh, dude, you know, it's like, I remember saying like, well, yeah, the last couple of but, years have been like, people have asked like, well, how often do you work? And I'm like, however many, however much time there is in a day, subtract sleep. And like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, that's it. If you probably just like broke down all that into an hourly wage for what you're making, you're probably just like, like two bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't want to be paid back for any of the time, but it's it's more so like, well, um, yeah, I've, I've had a few people be like, you should be charging more. I'm like, no, no, like we don't want to be charging more. But I mean, there's so many points to it. But um, yeah, like you were saying, you're kind of getting two bikes for one as yeah. well and something that's handmade. And but the other thing is too, like, um, I don't care if you don't buy it, Like you don't yeah. have to buy it. Like, mm. um, I don't care if we only ever sell three of them. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care. I'm not not in it. And it's the same for WRP. Like I'm not in it to make money. Like it's, um, like all in, like 
net for WP. Like I haven't made money off it because anything that I have, I just put it back into the next product. Yeah. yeah. So it's like WP hasn't made a cent. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Not definitely not in it to. Yeah, but then going back to your point earlier, when you do compare it to other bike brands out there, it's on par anyway. Yeah, that's kind so of the, like, I, like I haven't read the comments because I just don't read, like because I, I, that's I, all I go from the pink bike. Well, yeah, right. I, like, <laughs> I, I make a bit of an effort. Like any anyone that comments on one of my posts, I make a real effort to like comment back to every single person, and it's like I've just kind of drawn the line in the sand that I don't look at comments because I'm like where do you draw the line with third-party content on who to, who's to look at and who's not to look at yeah. and who's to reply to. And I'm like, well, what I can control is my content and my followers. Yeah. So I'll do that to the best ability. And if someone wants to comment on Pink Bike, oops, I don't get cooked. But I, I've heard, yeah, um, yeah, a couple of people have told me about that. I'm like, oh, I just, I, yeah, I reckon it's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you always know it's going to happen. I think, you know, I wouldn't. I've just come to talk about kind of what we've seen and yeah, you know, there was, it was just like the first comment and, but I think I couldn't really imagine it going for anything else. And like you say, never mind the fact that you essentially got two bikes. If you look at the price yeah. of a V10 frame, it's freaking like the yeah. same price. Yep. Yep. And yeah, you can, I'm sure you'll be able to bolt uh, one of these, uh, New drive change to it, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan, and that that that's certainly the plan that it just sort of bolts straight in, and yeah, I don't know, in in some ways, so like you're my, not getting two bikes, you're getting onward bloody. Support. Yeah, and like part of it, <laughs> part of it is kind of a bit of a, a bit of investment, I guess. It's like, well, you know, not like I said, we're not in it to sort of make money. We're in it to push the development. So I guess it's, I don't know, uh, uh, yeah. The, the way that I kind of view view it is a little bit like um, a little bit like pro circuit in motocross, right? Like yeah. pro circuit started off Such and like a good example. Yeah. You, you look at you look at the the guys that pro circuit have had on the team, but even still support, right? Yeah, like, like Carmichael was on like the Spitfire Kawasaki or whatever. Mm. Like you know, um, it's fucking sick. Like how many guys? Like particularly in like lights, yeah, one two five stuff. Like, but. Um, like I've got a couple of pro circuit pipes at home and like that I'm not sure if they set out for that to be their business model but that's pretty sick dude like they, they support these re- like their own race teams but other race teams athletes all that type of stuff but if you want to buy that product yeah you can yeah and um, dude when I was 14 all I wanted was pro circuit expansion chamber. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I don't really think that's been done in mountain biking. Yeah. And like, that's kind of the vision that I've got at least with sort of the Trinity stuff is like, like a factory version of a, yeah. Of a bike. So, and, and credit to your bike as well. I guess we probably can't say too many names because of their sponsorship, but there's like, we when we were stood at the top of the gondola earlier today, one of the top guys rode past and said, you want to swap bikes for a run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. how how many other bikes does he? Dude, and I think yeah. he, he wasn't joking. He was being pretty genuine. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, he can't. Yeah, you know, yeah. Team, team, team but... rumors, hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and like, honestly, that made like, um, yeah, like, and a, a bit of it's like that too. Like, like I know I've got I've given it 
a crack and like still try to continue to a degree like you know racing at the highest level that i'm like that i'm able to do but a lot of me is still like a big fanboy you know 10 year old bmx a kid yeah and like when yeah when someone says something like that or if, if one of those guys come into the shop or whatever like dude i i'm on a high for like a week after a comment like that yeah. i'm like <laughs> fuck yeah like yeah i don't know that's yeah it's cool that's sick well that's what yeah you know that's what you work for is to make a dope bike and when the best guy in the world is saying yeah can i have a go of your bike yeah 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 <laughs> is yeah. that not like you know is that at the end of the day almost what it's all about you know yeah 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 and yeah just try not to i hope to think i'm doing a decent job at it but yeah try not to get any type of ego or whatever with it just trying to yeah and do my stuff and yes and we, we had a brief chat as well about like you currently aren't really in the position to get like a whole high profile rider on one but it's is that like a bit of a goal of yeah yours, is to try and get one into the world cup yeah rankings essentially yeah definitely um like we've talked to a lot of guys of that caliber um i guess where we're at with it is like you know this isn't funded off a trust fund or a you know heaps of investment or anything like that so you know i'd love to say to whoever like yeah he's a free bike yeah his, go his... go you go your hardest if you like it but like you we, we don't really have that that financial backing like a lot of it i guess has been backed by wrp finances yeah um but wrp isn't a big company it's just me and me and my worker yeah um and well yeah soon to be another but um but uh yeah it's not a big company at all so yeah we're just trying to stay humble and push what um well not not just what we think is the best but also listen to other people and try to get yeah. get a really cool product but and yeah, moving forward, you are like playing with products. You got the stem on your bike now, which that's not available yet, hey? Yeah, that stem's available. Oh, the stem yeah, is available. You can buy that online, yeah. But what we did, what you did post the other day as well was the top crown, yeah. which we're talking briefly about, which has more of like a motocross bar mount yeah. style, which is yeah. not available yet. No, not so available yet. Something that very, you're very, very playing around with. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my intern, Mitch, he did a really good job on that. So, um, yeah, I had that idea for a while i think a lot of guys like in the sort of elite downhill rankings have been talking about that type of idea yeah um well not necessarily that idea but just um basically um flexing the bar yeah i was and, gonna ask what's the, the advantage is it that flex aspect yeah it's it's more like damping yeah um so just just dampens the forces through your bars yeah because um, when you run so the way the work is it's like you got the bar clamp and then rather than a bolt straight into the um, the top crown, it's actually like a rubber... Yeah, it's like a rubber cup. Rubber cup that yep. runs the whole way through and you've got a bolt that essentially goes the whole way through. Mm. So if you know a motorbike bar, it's exactly the same. But if you don't know a motorbike bar, it's, yeah. it and clamps slightly differently. Yeah, and again, like it's back to that point. Like I just want to be one of those guys that rides everything and kind of just understands yeah. a, a bike. Um, but yeah, the... the the top crown on a mountain bike has always kind of puzzled me. Well, like to give a brief, brief history, I guess, like, I don't know what year it was, but it was like early 2000s. Because if you look before then, like a lot of downhill bikes had basically a generic steer mount stem. Yeah. They just went straight to the to the steerer. 
mm-hmm. but there wasn't anything necessarily holding the stem to the top crown. Yeah. Um, other than like your, your preload bolt. And then the four bolt pattern, which like is direct mount, direct mount yeah. that's a boxer pattern. Um, and you can look it up on Google, but that, yeah, that pattern's everywhere. And it's just kind of what everyone adopted. Everyone's like, okay, this is what boxer, like uh, RockShox has got. Fox adopted it. Every other Fox, um, fork brand has adopted that bolt pattern. It's what every direct mount stem. Yeah. But it's just an arbitrary bolt pattern. There's yeah. nothing special about it. But there's a couple of reasons why it's inhibiting. And one of the main reasons is like to do with like your your reach, like your stem length, is that because like you've got those four bolts there, as soon as you go shorter than like 40 mil, yeah. it means your bar is on top of those bolts. Yeah. So you've got to have rise built into your stem because you, Get your bolt, bolt heads have got to be underneath it. Yeah. Whereas say with like a moto or a moto crown and, and the way that they're effectively their stem works or their clamps work is like you can just drill those holes anywhere you want. If you want to go back, you yeah. can just come back. Um, just makes more sense. And then if you overlay uh, making like a flex system, Mm. Uh, and this is what I kind of discussed with Mitch my intern I was like because we kind of brainstormed and I had a couple of ideas before he took on the project I was like well there's been a couple of people attempt to design a flex system in like the mountain bike or cycling world and I just don't think they've hit it quite right Yeah. whereas Moto has Yeah. and I'm like well I'm not going to try to reinvent a flex system because I think like Xtrig in particular have nailed it. Mm. So why don't we use their technology and just make our own effectively a moto clamp? Yeah. A moto top crown. Again, the R&D that they've done in motocross compared to mountain bikes is Not so nuts. much further. Yeah. So it makes sense to look at what they... And the, like the forces that they deal with and like yeah. everything. And it yeah, makes sense to kind of steal ideas from the motocross world and bring it across. And if you want to go back in time, like, you know, to the mid-2000s, from from people that I've spoken to that have a bit of insight to the Honda program, they're like, dude, that bike was light years ahead of even what we've got now. Like, um, like obviously, Geo, the Geo's outdated, stuff like that, but yeah. certain stuff on it, like the shock, apparently, and the, like just the suspension in general, because it will show us stuff, yeah. was just insane because um, you've got Honda just pouring R&D. R&D at it. Um so, yeah, the, the that system with the crown and that that kind of excites me because I think there's some real merit to it. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll do some more riding on it. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm excited to see it coming up the gondola. Yeah, 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 it'll be good. And um, yeah, like you said, like the the development in motos just nuts. Like, yeah, extra in my opinion, as far as like a a dampened stem. Yeah. Um, Xtrig's the best out there yeah and kind of well they're light years ahead of anything that I in my opinion in the in the bike industry um, I'm like well yeah, I don't want to reinvent the wheel yeah use and their then, technology with our clamp and if you don't even want to put the rubber like cups in no, there you, you don't just, you can just put yeah. ones in and you can yeah. take that out so exactly. you've got a bit more uh, yeah. yeah so Xtrig yeah for those that don't know who are like aren't um, all over what Xtrig do yeah they they make um, uh, I forgot what they call their what they call their um, basically solid 
clamps, but basically no flex, so just yeah. solid alloy. And then they make flex flex fix, which are the ones that we're using. For the, for the bar mounts. And for the bar mounts. Yep. And then they make their full PHDS system, um, which is... It's uh, bottom crown as well, is it? Oh, uh, you can incorporate it yep. with their bottom crown because they've got that split yep. um, crown, like you were saying. Yeah. But the um, theirs is... Uh, like the PHDS is like they've just orientated the the rubbers differently so instead of like one rubber cup like we're using on ours they've got like two rubbers um, either side of where like the top clamp yep. like the top half moon goes to the bottom yep. whereas the ones that we're using from Xtrig have got the cup Yeah. and it's mainly just for, for a couple of reasons so um, what they say with the flex fix stuff is it's more for like trail riding we get like that real um uh just like the small stutter yeah constant constant yeah. stuff whereas like the big boys like phda stuff is like for the real big like super cross hits and stuff yeah. so i'm like well on downhill in my opinion anyway on downhill what you want dampened is like the braking bumps and shit yeah. the big stuff you can deal with yeah the suspension is a good Good job yeah. of that anyway. Yeah. Um, like our crowns will be adaptable to, to any of those systems, yeah. but for now we're just text, testing the flex fix stuff. So. Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, the jitter is what gives you that hand pump. Yeah. So trying to remove that as best you can is yeah. definitely going to be a good step. That's forward. what wears you out, eh? Like the big stuff is kind of like, you can kind of deal with it, yeah. but it's the stuff that wears you out is just that constant that hand vibration. Chatter. Yeah, it yeah. really like, affects your control. And if you can't control yeah. your bike, then you can't race it 100%. Yeah, yeah, particularly when you're trying to hang on to brake levers and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I feel I feel like we've pretty much covered like past and present and yeah. kind of touching on the future pretty well. Is there anything real future or anything that you're really keen to kind of get off the uh, chest before we kind of wrap her up? No, not really. I mean, you like can always come always, back. Yeah, you're living in Queenstown yeah, now. Made yeah. the move. Well, yeah, pretty much made the move. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, going back to Australia quite a bit because you've still got like the full nothing's changed there like operations still exactly the same so I've yeah. got to go back a bit but yeah um, you've got a, got another workshop over here now and like yeah I'm here and yeah it's, it's, it. it's good but yeah. I mean yeah everything's a constant development I think like the next thing with this box will be fuck I don't know when this is dropping yeah probably pretty soon yeah but um, but yeah. that's what we're going to keep our eyes up for is that yeah. the, the gearbox is kind of the biggest yeah, and project like, on at the, moment. the the cool thing is, well, kind of cool, but kind of daunting is like where it's at at the moment is like state one and where I've got it to sort of in, in virtual space, like in CAD, in the computer is like stage three. So it's like, it's barely sort of scratching, scratching the surface of what it's going to be. And a lot of that, a lot of it comes down to time and money. Like it's like, you've got to take necessarily necessary steps to move to the next one. It's like, there's no point jumping to step two or stage two when you haven't proven the structural integrity of stage one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I've got more parts, like I was back home just the other week making a whole bunch of stuff that I've got sent over. So that'll be here tomorrow that I'll be putting in that. And then basically that whole front system there will disappear. Like yep. that'll be all different because basically you can't really see it from here, but like between that space, there's like 13 bearings in there. Yeah. 
And it's kind of asking for trouble, like it's weighty so, for one. So for the people that can't see, it's kind of where the cassette sits. If you look at pictures on Pinkbike or whatever, it's like where the cassette sits at the furthest forward point of the gearbox, that's yep. going to disappear. Yeah, so we'll have like a replacement system in there just to make it a lot more simple. So from what was 13 bearings, we've got down to four, which, is, which is good. Yeah. And then effectively in this one, you've kind of got two spindles if you will like you've got a solid spindle through the middle that your cable goes up inside and then you've got like a plurality of of little shafts that your cassette can slide up and down on yeah um and that's kind of problematic for one because it's kind of weighty you've got effectively two yeah two shafts in there but the outer one is a shaft made up of like nine little ones yeah so that's kind of weighty but then the other thing that i'm experiencing is that i reckon those little shafts are actually twisting uh yeah um, just a bit skinny yeah, power. yeah yeah um so anyway the new one has just gone down to one shaft so we've got rid of yeah we've got rid of a lot of complexity so yep. um i'm pretty excited for that to get here because it's going to be you will get it all bolted in for rotor because it'll be much much better um but it's one of these things like until you go and build it don't really you can't really articulate to yourself how it's going to turn out he's got to build it and sick yeah that's no, meant it's cool to uh i feel like i'm quite lucky to be somewhere i can almost see the process oh i do i feel lucky to to be sitting here sort of chatting to you about it too because like i was saying like i'm i don't know at the end of the day i'm just a bit of a, a fanboy yeah like i mean a bike rider at heart but like yeah, I was only here a couple of years ago writing that thesis in Maccas. So, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, yeah, I kind Start of feel very fortunate. Leaning so. over a complete bike with a gearbox hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, best place for people to see con continuation of the bikes and stuff is, is Trinity got its own Instagram page as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's I shouldn't say it's been hard, but like we're trying hard to delineate like yeah so trinity is the frame yeah um the gearbox is a wrp product but obviously it's adaptable yeah. to the trinity frame so there's a bit on both pages the, the gearbox stuff is mainly on the wrp page um and all the other linkages and stuff we talked about is wrp page but, yeah um, yeah either or either you can see it yeah. yeah sick well sick. we'll we've been going for almost two hours so we'll wrap it up there and i'm yeah. sure of I don't know, we might be having a chat in the future about yeah we've talked a lot of turkey bikes. mate we have talked a lot of turkey <laughs> that's yeah. for sure well no, cheers for your time thanks we'll man. catch you up Talk, yeah. tomorrow no doubt yep sick one